Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. But we've been speaking on This Is Us, and now we go from loving God to loving people. And we love people in these four areas, in life-giving relationships, through honor, We also love people through healing, and then we love people through reaching out as well. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be speaking on these things. And for those of you that weren't here last week, but you see these crosses here with all, you're wondering, what do those represent? These these crosses represent our loved ones, people that we want to see come to know Christ, people that you want to pray for, people you're going to stand in the gap for. And before this day's over, if you're here and you have not yet filled one of these out, we have these at the altar for you to write your family members. Or if you thought of someone else that, oh, no, this person needs to be saved too. We're going to write them down. We're going to believe God to bring these people to know Christ, whether they're prodigal sons or people that have never come to know Christ at all. So we've talked about loving God through following God, through serving God, through giving, and then loving like Jesus. Now, today... We're going to love people, everyone say love people, through life-giving relationships. Now, we all have those people that drain us. Come on, somebody. But we also need people in our lives that give us life or be people that help give us strength. And at CWC, we have to be people that add value and add life to those around us. Say it again, Pastor. We need to be people that inspire life, that can give courage, that, that bring hope to everyone that we come in contact with. Whether they're our wife or our husband or the stranger that, that is delivering food to us, whoever they are, we have to be people that add life and add value to people. 1 Thessalonians chapter, chapter uh, 2, verse 8. If you would turn your Bibles there, read with me. It says this. We love you so much. The Apostle Paul is writing to a church that he planted in the city. He says, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Paul didn't just give a message. He gave himself. And it doesn't do us any good just to share the good news of the gospel if we are not willing to share our lives of the gospel with people. Bow your heads with us now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see this morning uh, as we go through this that the Apostle Paul shared not just a message. He shared his life with people. Why? Because the Bible is a book of relationship. Everyone say relationship relationships are so valuable, so important, because as you look throughout the Word of God, we got God and Adam. You, got, uh, you see that relationship. You see Joshua and Moses. You see Elijah and Elisha. You see Jesus to the disciples, the Apostle Paul to a young man by the name of Timothy. We see that throughout the Bible, we have relationship as the foundation of everything. It's a scarlet cord that runs from Genesis to Revelation, all about relationship because relationships are important because we need each other people 
We need one another. You can't accomplish your purpose in life alone. And everyone, every one of us needs a little encouragement at one time. Every one of us needs someone to pat us on the back or kick us in the butt. Every one of us at one time or another needs someone. Even God said, it is not good that man should be because we need one another. It's not good. Everything God created was good until he saw man alone in this beautiful place called paradise. And he said, you know what? It's not good for him not to share the greatness going on in his life with someone else. Why? Because we were created for relationship. When I look at Jesus, I I want you to understand that Jesus' life, Jesus is, let me rephrase that. Jesus' words challenged people, but his life transformed them. As he taught, it challenged people, but it was his life and touch that transformed people. What am I telling you this morning? I want you to recognize something in Genesis. Turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I want to lay a foundation with with you this morning. That every one of us was created for relationship. You know, they wrote books about, you know... Uh, the purpose-driven life and uh, all about purpose. And you hear people say, you know, one of the things is that drives me crazy is when we sing songs that are theologically incorrect. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. It's not biblical. God didn't create you to worship. He created you for him to dwell in. Now, we were created with the capacity to worship, but you were not created to worship. He had the angels to do that. Angels can rock a song. But the reality is, is that you and I were created not to worship, but to carry the presence of God. You you were to house the breath of God. Let me take you somewhere. It says, then the Lord formed. Everyone say formed. The man from the dust of the ground, he breathed breath of life into man's nostrils. And the man became what? A living being. Because of Adam's encounter with God, Adam received life. Because of his relationship with God, Adam came to life. And I want you to know that there are people out there that are just bags of dirt that need to come come into an encounter with God so that they can come alive. It's the encounter with God that brings people to life. And I want you to see that word breathe. That word means something. There's something to this word. That word breathe breathe in the Hebrew literally means to breathe life or to blow, to give life. In the New Testament, it's the word that's used to describe how the writers of the Bible wrote the word through the breath of God, through inspiration. That it hits their spirit and they come alive and now they're creative and they're being... They're able to write. I want you to know that some of your lives, by the breath that you speak to others, you have the ability to inspire people to new levels. You have the ability to challenge people to get to new heights. This is what it's all about. When God shared his breath with Adam, he was actually sharing his life with Adam. I don't know about you, but I want the breath of God in my life. I need the breath of God in my life. I need to know God. In the CWC Bay Area, we need to be people that breathe life into the lives of others. We have to breathe life in people. We have to share life with other people. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21. 
It says this, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ all will be made what? Alive. I want you to see something as it goes on. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 says this, so it was written. The first Adam became a living being. And the last Adam, the last Adam is referring to Christ, okay? First Adam blew it. Second Adam redeemed us. First Adam gave away his dominion. Second Adam took the dominion back again. It says the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam was a life-giving spirit. In other words, Adam had a pulse, but Christ could give you a pulse. No, no, you didn't hear me. Christ, or Adam, had the ability to live. Christ had the ability to give life. Now, when you recognize that, I want you to understand that when we breathe life, that God first formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, which literally means he took time to form him, to put him together, that he formed him. Then he had to come close enough to him in order to breathe life. We cannot breathe life into people we have no relationship or closeness with. You have to be close to someone to breathe life into them. Now, follow me now. So in order to be close, we have to be close to someone to breathe into them. So three things I want to share very quickly. In order for us to love people through life-giving relationships. Number one, everyone say number one. You got to see beyond the dirt. God took time to form you. God took time to fashion you. God took, he didn't just throw you together. He didn't just throw a bunch of dirt on the ground. God took time with his hands to create and to fashion every detail about you. I want you to know God used dirt to create life. Come on, pastor, say it again. God took dirt in order to create life. What am I saying? God can take the dirt in your life and make something great out of that dirt. God can take your failure and turn it into a ministry. God can take your mess up and turn it into a comeback. I want you to see something. That God got his hands dirty when he created Adam. Many of us want want to help people out, but we don't want to get our hands dirty. Their, their lives are too messed up. I don't want to get my... Jesus, got, God got his hands dirty when he dealt with you and me. And can, you know what? Look at your life. Someone got their hands dirty in order to get you out of your junk. At CWC, we have to be willing to get our hands dirty with some folks. Come on, somebody. God can use your dirt. Someone say number two. Second thing I want you to do is speak life where there is none. God forms Adam out of the dust of the ground, and then I want you to see what he does. God saw life before he breathed life. Can you see life in other people when there's no signs of life? John, you do that every time you bring someone into the home. You see life before they even see life. Do we have the ability to see life in other people? Come on. I I want you to know something this morning. That God used words to create an environment in order to breathe man into life. And I want you to see this. 2 Corinthians 4.13 Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written. Check this out in, in quotes. 
I believe, so I spoke. We also believe, and so we speak. We will speak what we believe, and we will create an environment with the words that we speak. And so I want you today to look. If your marriage looks like it's dying, if your husband or wife looks like they're dying, begin to speak life, even though all you see is dust. Begin to declare life in the middle of that situation. Why? Because someone needs your words to live again. Someone needs you to speak life to their dust. What am I talking about? When I was in Bible college years ago, I was a mess up. In fact, the pastor that sent me here to San Jose to plant this church, Bishop, bet against me to finish college. I was going out there, and, and, and there was a friend of mine. He goes, you know, I'll bet you he, he ain't, that, that boy's not going to finish. And so he bet dinner against me that I wouldn't finish college. After I finished college, he wanted to hire me. See, you got to prove some people wrong. Oh, somebody got, some of you right now are proving some folks wrong with your life. They said that you'll never be nothing. They said you'll never amount to anything. Well, look at you now. Look what God is doing in your life in this moment right now. And I remember in Bible college, and I got to say, Pat Bishop had every right to feel that way about me because I was jacked up. And I remember in, in when I was walking across the, 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 the campus one year in Bible college, this man on the screen called out to me when he first year at our school, called out to me saying, hey, Dan. I thought, I'm in trouble again. I know it. He goes, there goes a man of God. That was the first time anyone had spoke life to me like that. And every time I ran into Dr. Purdy, he would just come up to me and say, man, you're a man of God. You're going to change the world. You're amazing, son. You're, you're amazing. God's going to do great things in your life. No one else, everyone else kept on trying to catch me doing wrong. He was the only one that caught me doing right. See, Numbers 14, 28 says this. Now tell them as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do the very things I heard you say. Someone needs to hear this. God spoke this in negativity to the children of Israel when they refused to take the promised land. But I want to take this this morning and turn it into a positive where you recognize that God is hearing to what you're saying. That whatever you say, God is hearing. And God says, whatever you speak out of your mouth, I hear it. And I'll say, whatever you speak out of your mouth, I'll agree with. And that'll happen to you. So we got to start seeing life even when all there is is death. So I want to encourage you today to to speak out the things you believe. The third thing and the last thing I want to point out is this. Don't just pray for life. Share it. God, I just pray right now that you would bring life to this person. I pray right now that you would just help this person. You know what, folks? There comes a time in our lives where we got to stop praying for life and start giving life. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, what? Where does it live? And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the what? By by a like spirit? 
but something kind of equal to the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. No, no, you didn't hear me. Same spirit that when Jesus was dead for three days on that Easter Sunday morning, something happened that all of a sudden on the third day, this body that was cold, rigor mortis about to start setting in, even decay wanting to start touching the Holy of Holies. At that moment, on that third day, the Spirit of God came and filled this body that was dead and brought life to it all of a sudden. Its fingers twitched, light came in, and what was dead was now alive. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. That if you've accepted Christ, if you've received Christ, he lives in you. He breathes in you. He walks in you. He talks with you. That everything you do, Christ is in you. Same spirit. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. That same spirit is in you. Now listen, church. CWC, we could either choose to try to impress people. Influence people, or we can impact people. I don't know about you. I, my first part of my life, I try to impress people. It doesn't work because my life just isn't that impressive, and neither is yours. If we could get to the point that we start influencing and then impacting people with our lives by adding value to people, by sharing love and Christ with people, Do you understand that every one of you has that same spirit that you could walk up to every Lazarus in your life and speak life and bring them out of the grave? That even if they've been decayed, remember Lazarus was dead for four days and they they said by now his body stinks. In the, the Hebrew, or not the Hebrew, the King James Version says by now he stinketh. Some of y'all, no, no. He stinketh. In other words, his body's decaying already. That's why after three days, they didn't believe it was possible to be raised from the dead again. Because once decay sets in, there's no coming back. But when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, every maggot that took a bite out of Lazarus' body had to throw it up and give it back to Lazarus again. Because his body had to be restored back to wholeness. Everything that had been eaten, everything that had been consumed, everything that had decayed had to be given back the moment God called Lazarus to life again. And do you realize you have the ability to speak life to people that are decaying all around you right now? Oh, you got you got to hear me this morning. I want you to see this as we look at James chapter 2, verse 14. In fact, if I can have uh, the worship team help me. John, James chapter 2. Check this out. Dear friends, I love the way James deals with this. This is the half-brother of Jesus. He says, dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? We, we know scripture, but does that scripture turn to life? Does merely talking about faith indicate a person really has it? For instance, if you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, good morning, friend, be clothed in Christ, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup? Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? Someone needs the life that's in you. God came close to Adam and breathed his breath. into Adam's nostrils, and this clump of clay became life. The breath that's in your lungs right now is there so that not you can have a great life, but so that you could add life to those that need CPR around you. They might look dead. It might seem like their heart is stopped, that there's no no hope for them. But I'm here to tell you that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you this morning and has the ability to bring life to every situation, every circumstance, every problem. You are a life giver this morning. Someone needs the life that's in you. And I have a question to share with you before we close. Who can you share life with this morning? Right where you are. Just bow your heads and I want you just to search your heart. Who needs the life that's in you? Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.